Okay, so um, let's let's start. Um, hi, everyone. Welcome to a new Poolside podcast session where we come together to share knowledge and experiences with the community in an informal and conversational way. Thank you all for joining us uh, on this episode. And together with our guests, we will explore Web3 marketing strategies and how to build your brand in the blockchain space. So today, to today with us, we have Xenia Bazian. Uh, she's a Web3 marketing and brand strategy expert. Welcome, Xenia. Thank you very much for inviting. Happy to be here. Happy to have you. I'm very excited for, for, for this one. Um, don't forget that you will be able to claim an exclusive OAT for the first 300 submitted valid emails. So after the session, sign up on Galks to grab your OAT. So welcome, Xenia. Uh, first of all, could you please introduce yourself, share your background and how you got into the Web3 space? I was uh, studying initially banking and finance and uh, wanted to be an investment banker, which luckily never happened. So for the past 10 years, I work in marketing. I worked in a range of different companies from consumer brands, such as fashion, and uh, then moved to my own business that was in healthcare, eventually, eventually technology. And uh, then for the past over two years, I'm working in the blockchain industry as a chief marketing officer, advisor to different projects, and also mentor for a couple of accelerators. Are you a Web3 founder looking for relevant mentorships and funding opportunities? Say hello to Poolside Accelerator, a 12-week dedicated program empowering founders to build, launch, and scale in the Web3 space. What to expect from the Accelerator? Support from tokenomics, business, marketing strategy, product development, and community building. Up to $100,000 in initial funding and access to follow-on capital. Demo days with mentors and investors. Eight days at the Poolside Hub in Lisbon with daily sessions. One-on-one -on -one meetings with potential stakeholders. And selected mentorships from founders and entrepreneurs in the Web3 space. But who can apply? Any Web3 team with a great idea and preferably an MVP. The industry you operate in is not a factor. We accept applications across all sectors. For more information and to submit your application, head over to poolside.co. And uh, how different it is to develop a marketing strategy in Web3? That's a very good question because I feel like on one side it's different, on another side it's the same, but maybe a bit more elaborate than in the Web2 space. Because in Web3, additional complication is that we have limited information about people who are using the products. We have some projects that don't have a product even and need more brand recognition. We have the token on top of um, the product itself. So I feel like the Web3 strategy is kind of like an extended Web2 strategy. And a few episodes ago, um, we hosted an episode on the importance of uh, user research. Um, exactly what, what you mentioned. How do you implement user research in your work? Recently, what I've been doing to get more information about the users is uh, doing it both in the active way and also kind of observing what users do. So um, I try to get as much information as I can from the community if the project is already live and they have the community already. And also to try to be active and gather this information in the form of different polls, in the form of questions. So anything where uh, we'll see not just who the users are or community members are, but who are the most active people in the community. And uh, can you walk us through the process of uh, starting to develop a new strategy for a brand? 
I'm trying to tackle both the technical side because um, as we're working in the blockchain space, it's very important to showcase the technology and showcase what are the unique selling points of the product. But at the same time, I don't want to miss on the personal appeal because I feel like in marketing, the most important is to uh, tell the story. And uh, basically, I'm trying to merge the two sides. I'm trying to explain the product in the most digestible way and at the same time to explain the um, appeal of the product in the personal way, like to add the uh, personal story of the founders, to explain their vision, to explain how they're planning to um, change the industry or to change the respective sector of the industry in general. And what, what, what would be the main metrics you would use um, when evaluating a specific marketing action results in this case? This really depends on a particular marketing activity and um, on the project and the product itself because there are quite a lot of moving parts. We can have projects that are just launching and they need a lot of brand awareness. We might have projects that um, actually have the working product and in this case it's going to be completely different metrics. But as I come from the perspective of growth marketing, um, I'm very metrics driven and numbers driven so i try to gather as much information as i can like let's say uh for um the project i'm currently working with they have the working platform and uh, our main target is uh, our main goal i would say is to get more users on the platform is to engage community more and uh to grow the total value locked on the platform in case of projects that are purely working on the brand awareness. I would say that um, majority of the metrics can be called like vanity metrics, but it's still a good tracker of the success. Like for example, everything connected with the community size, whether it's Discord, whether it's Twitter, is a valid option to track whether you're successful or not in the space. And uh, also um, everything connected with engagement, like are people responding to your efforts? Um, in, it can be even, I think the main issue of the space is that it's very difficult to um, quantify the data from the uh, platforms that we're usually using. So um, currently at the current stage, it's either you try different platforms and figure trial and error for the numbers that you are planning to get, or um, there's going to be a lot of manual work where you can kind of see the fill and see the sentiment in the community. So, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, um, looking at the, the four uh, bases, like the four P's of marketing, we used to have like product price, place and promotion. Mm -hmm. And basically Web3 is adding like a fifth P to the equation, uh, it's P for people. Yeah, exactly. And I think in Web3, this is one of the most important parts, especially if we take into account that the industry is very young. And uh, for example, one of the pieces, such as our product is missing in some, um, in some projects because they're just not at the stage when they have something live and out there. So I think people is the main focus in um, Web3 in particular and even in Web2 now because the trend is that Web2 brands are also moving towards building the community. Yeah, and uh, can you share with us any personal hacks you have on building and keeping a community engaged? Uh, yeah, for sure. I think 
it's quite difficult to say like uh, do xyz and it's going to work out for you because it always depends on the project and it depends what you stand for but this is actually how i like to tackle that i like to kind of equate the project to the personalities of the founders because i think it's very important to um make a differentiation here because eventually people want to um want to have a strong thought leadership and i think it's very important in the space now especially in web3 because there were so many hacks and so many um just even if we don't take into account some things that were shady there are so many gray areas and so many difficult concepts to explain that i feel like people have the need of a strong leader for the project to be a uh, kind of more um secure that the project is going to have the future so um for building community i really like to include the founders in the process and make it more uh, make the whole process more personal i also feel like um it's very important to be honest with the users so we know that with the web3 projects there are a lot of delays and um i feel like even the small things when you explain to the users that you did not launch at this particular date because you wanted to do this and that or because you encountered this and that issues is going to go um a long way for you in the future and this is actually what we tried to do when we worked at Polkadex we tried to be um super transparent with our community and uh to kind of navigate them through everything that's happening in the project through all the parts of the product and try to make it very understandable for them even if it's a very highly technical thing yeah i definitely agree with the with the founders part i think it can bring a lot more confidence and uh, a sense of like more transparency uh, to the community um when it comes to onboarding new users and increasing adoption of a uh, of a certain product or ecosystem what, what kind of strategies can you can brands have in place to do so i think currently in the um in our recent conditions of bear or bearish market there is a lot of um light shed on education because still there are people who are uh, new to the industry and uh, there are people who are um maybe just opening up a crypto for themselves for the first time so there is uh, a huge gap between the users who were there for let's say even a couple of years and who understand how different protocols work who uh don't need a great uh user experience uh to be able to use the platforms and uh, the newbies to the space who are um basically drowning in the amount of information and uh in the complexity of the whole industry So what I see now is the huge trend on um academies on different onboarding techniques whether it's through um Discord for example like a welcome page or a really good support in the Discord for anything that the users might need or in the written form as an academy with the uh, educational content and the topics both for the product side and both for the relevant web3 topics that user might encounter while um going through the product usage also what i can see uh there is a trend for different online events whether it's something simple such as ama or a community chat where again the users have connection to the team 
they can ask their questions and they can just in general be um, kept informed or something more elaborate like the events together with partners uh, that basically like showcase maybe complementary products or um, projects where the communities have some synergy. And um, I know I know you've you've mentioned some of it um, in in this interview before, um, but from your experience as a Web three marketing expert, um, what are the main struggles when it comes to establish a brand in the Web three space? Um, basically, one of the main struggles is that, for example, in Web two space, it's um, not a hundred percent of cases, but it's usually quite easy to establish who is your target audience. And uh, usually there are quite a few sources uh, where you can find the information. In Web3, especially if you're working with a project that is uh, completely decentralized and uh, following the real Web3 ethos, they don't want to gather information about the users. So you need to be uh, um, very inventive, let's say, to find out the information that you need and that you would have ready for you in the Web2 space. So um, the limited amount of information about the users would be like one of the main issues. And uh, I think the second part, which is um, one of the main challenges of um, any marketer in this space, is simply the complexity of the products. And um, the fact that there are so many parts, it's not just one product that your uh, project is doing. You have to tackle all the parts around it. You have to... Um, highlight the founders or the team. You have to make sure that um, your community knows that you have enough competence, especially if you're a new project. You have to explain the technology itself in the way that it will be appealing both to tech gurus and also to people who are new to the space. Also like showing that um, whatever you are saying in your marketing copy is not just uh, the words, but you can kind of support your claims um, by the expertise that you have in, in your company. Um, so I feel like there are quite a few challenges that are also applicable to particular projects and probably the stage at which the uh, project is and the particular ecosystem. But in terms of the complexity, I think it's very important to be able to explain what your project is doing and what uh, what it's standing for, what is your product, and what is unique about it, simply even because the competition is growing very, uh, very fast in this industry. So it's not just one decentralized exchange now. It's uh, myriads of similar projects uh, that will not stand out if you don't explain it properly. Yeah, do you think that it, it leaves like little room for, for failing? Um, probably. Um, it sounds quite dramatic, but I think now um, there is more and more emphasis on marketing, even for the projects that are just starting out, which definitely wasn't the case even two years ago, because I feel like um, a couple of years ago, there were not so many projects that have the working product. Um, if, even this stage was like not attainable for some of the projects. Now, when you are as a new project, you are coming to the space you're competing, first of all, with giants who don't care maybe about the user experience because they already have quite a big mass of users and uh, they will just keep getting, um, keep tackling their goals with this group of users. 
But as the newbie to the space, you need to carve out your share of the market and you need to carve out your place. So I feel like marketing is becoming extremely important in terms of, first of all, just grabbing the attention of the audience. Secondly, converting this audience into your loyal community members and your loyal product users. Yeah, totally agree. Um, speaking of one of the hot topics of the moment, we have been watching the arising of chat GPT as a marketing tool. How do you see it from a marketer perspective? Yes, for sure. It's been a huge trend. And I think we've all seen our LinkedIn pages just flooded with different prompts from GPT. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes it was hilarious. Sometimes it was too repetitive. Um, I think it's a nice tool to play with. I don't see it at the current stage as a um, complete substitute for uh, people, for like copywriters, because um, I think it also vastly depends on how much information you have about your company out there, because basically mm -hmm. it works on the information that you provide. So let's say if you are an established project, I think um, it makes a lot of sense to use similar um, chat GPT-3 or similar AI tools because it's just going to um, add an additional bandwidth to uh, whatever your team can pull off during the week. But if you're a new project, you still need to work on the foundations for um, working with any sort of AI. Yeah. And can you name your favorite Web3 brand initiative so far? That's quite difficult. I think it will be difficult to name um, favorite initiative with one company in mind. Um, but I think what um, kind of stuck with me across uh, the years, I really like the um, I really like the digital events in general because I think it's one of the best ways to grab attention, to tap into community of uh, other projects, and just in general to bring value to your community in terms of the content and uh, in terms of like shaking things up. Um, so what I remembered and what I'm trying to um, incorporate in my work, whether it's for my um, full-time project or just advisory work, is what Flow uh, blockchain has done um, in terms of digital events. They had it about a year ago, and uh, it was a huge multi-day event where they were um, inviting their ecosystem projects, inviting their partners, and they had a very good layout of content. It was like a mix of um topics connected to the product itself but in a very organic way because it was mixed in nicely with educational topics with giving the spotlight to um their community and giving the spotlight to their ecosystem projects okay cool i'm going to check it out um you you, you spoke a lot about digital events um but do you think that for example for community building um, in real life events can also be relevant and important? Yes, definitely. Um, I think I'm very happy, first of all, that everything is com coming back from the COVID slumber that was 100% digital yep. to in real life. Um, in real life events are definitely a go-to, especially like if it fits, if it aligns well with your goals. I think if... Um, If you feel like your project is at the stage where you will benefit a lot from, let's say, showing thought leadership and explaining whatever um, whatever you do to the larger public, 
or if you are at the stage when business development comes to um, the first place, it's a great um, it's a great event to connect, and it's a great opportunity to find people who are uh, your potential partners. But then it always also depends because um, I think the biggest caveat of in real life events is that they're very expensive. And uh, as we work mainly with startups, a lot of projects don't even have um, budget dedicated to the events. Um, and along with this, I think it really depends how you do the events. And uh, if you go there with a particular goal or you just go there just kind of going with the flow. And uh, are there are there any trends in the Web3 space that really excite you right now? There are quite a few things right now. Um, first of all, I think that the space is becoming usable. And what I, um, it's not a trend, it's probably kind of the evolution of the space. What I really like is that even a couple of years ago, Web3 space was all just bare claims simply because there were not so many uh, platforms actually launching something to the world that can be usable. Now I think that it's moving more to the direction when uh, Web3 is here to stay and uh, we're having a lot of amazing products in uh, DeFi space. We're having a lot of um, amazing blockchain games with graphics. We're having uh, Metaverse in full swing. And um, I really like to see that different industries are um, inside the Web3 space. They're collaborating with each other. So let's say um, you will have like NFTs for DeFi projects, which they're using either for their community building or to unlock um, certain perks to engage people. You will have like um, metaverse included into other products. So there is a lot of synergy and a lot of interconnectivity in the space. And speaking of metaverse, do you think it's contributing or it's going to contribute to create like more immersive and personalized branding experiences for customers? I think definitely. I really like seeing um, how metaverse is evolving and uh, where it's going to be even in a year's time. Because I think it, um, it a bit brings me back to the time when I was uh, working in fashion because the fashion industry has a lot of emphasis on uh, clients' experience. And uh, as there is a lot of competition in the space, um, I remember that the brands I was working for, they were using all sorts of different things to try to uh, create a more immersive store experience. And uh, I feel like Metaverse is kind of a perfect continuation. And even if you look at that, a lot of fashion brands are, if, if they talk about Web3, they're probably talking about the Metaverse experience. Yeah, so it's very interesting to see like where it's going to be evolving. And speaking of uh, marketing tools, um, are there any specific Web3 platforms or tools that you use or that you know that can be used to create engaging and interactive marketing campaigns? I'm currently in the creative search stage. Uh, so I've been connecting with a lot of companies that do um, analytics for Web3 and uh, that help with user research and just understanding the community better. And at the same time, understanding the platforms better. So not just, uh, not just looking at the wallet addresses, but basically uh, giving more information about who is behind the wallet address. So I think this is also one of the new trends in the Web3 space that is tied to uh, the growth of the marketing in the space in general. 
Um, and um, another trend that I'm seeing in this terms, in terms of the platforms for uh, marketing and activation and engagement, is um, different Web3 native platforms for creating engaging campaigns. So um, sort of bounties like um, layer three or tight, where you can incentivize users to do certain actions to get the certain um, bounty in return. Yeah, thank you for sharing it, for sharing that with us. Um, I, you've, you've been working as, as a marketing expert and a mentor for, for, for quite a while. And uh, I know that you've recently uh, launched your, I think it's your first uh, Web3 marketing strategy course uh, on the Inevitable platform. Yes. Um, yeah, how do you see the role of education um, in, in the Web3 space? And uh, how do you see the interest of people like subscribing to this kind of uh, online um, courses? I'm personally a big fan of um, education. And I think especially in the both fast-moving um, industries that I'm in, um, marketing and Web3, education is inevitable just because things change so fast on the even month-on-month -month basis, not even talking about year-on-year. -year. Um, and I think also um, now there are a lot of Web2 marketers that really want to move to the Web3 space. Even from my personal connections and from my friends, I know quite a few people who would love to jump into um, the blockchain space, but they um, lack the certain expertise. And also on the other side of the marketplace, you have the projects that really need somebody to um, kickstart and uh, they don't have an opportunity to um, handhold and explain different things to the new person who's coming on board. So I feel like educational resources provide a lot of value and uh, for example, in my course, what I try to do is to uh, grasp all the information that I got from working in the space, from learning about the space, and just in general, observing what do other projects do, and uh, put it into one resource that's going to be digestible and it's going to be quite actionable. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say I'm actually taking that course <laughs> at oh, the moment. Oh, it's great to hear that. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I'm in the middle of it, but yeah, I'm, I'm already taking the course. So if anyone wants to check it out, it's in the Ineptable, Ineptable platform. Um, speaking of learning um, platforms and uh, uh, how, how can people, wh what's your advice on what's the best way to keep up with new marketing strategies, new marketing trends in 2023 for the Web3 uh, space? Where can people go to learn? That's a very good question because... Um, I think one of the biggest challenges in the space is that there's so many different places and so many different kind of pockets of information that you can get. So what I would suggest is, first of all, to understand personally, what is your goal? Like, what do you want to do in the space? If you are already in the space, like, do you want to um, upskill? If yes, what exactly are you lacking in your current work? and probably try to tailor your educational efforts to your current situation, because it's just going to be easier to choose the resources for yourself. Um, what I'm personally trying to do is um, I'm following quite a lot of marketers and Web3 um, on LinkedIn. I'm trying to read what they post on a daily basis just to get the feel of where they see the industry going and uh, what they are trying to do. 
also, um, I'm trying to follow the projects in the space, um, especially the projects making waves currently, and uh, kind of try to reverse science what they're doing and um, like why their marketing efforts paid off uh, versus projects that are not so well known through their marketing efforts. But I think it's a bit of Is there- like a trial and error. So you need to find your own pace and you need to find like people and resources that fit your, your goals personally. Yeah. Is, and is there any like brand or marketing campaign that you would like, like to highlight for, for their uh, good performance or uh, their, um, their good results Com- that you've seen so far? Campaign in particular would be, uh, again, difficult, but I think... We can all agree that one of the top companies in terms of marketing is Polygon. And uh, yeah. I really like their strategy because I think they have one of the strongest ecosystems and uh, they kind of found a sweet spot between um, appealing to their community in general and appealing to technical part of their community. And they mix in different initiatives really well so that it's not overwhelming or uh, boring for one or another group of their community. Okay, that was my last question. Thank you so much, Xenia, for for joining us. Is there anything uh, you would like to uh, address that we didn't talk about before we close? Um, I would say just to all the marketers in the space, probably because we're currently the market conditions that are not as fun from the first glance as it was in the bull market. Um, But I think it's a great time to restructure your efforts, repurpose, and um, invest into marketing foundations, um, whether it's brand marketing, whether it's educational efforts, and just in general, try to invest your time and your um, efforts into something that's going to be long-lasting. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you, Xenia. Uh, This will be the end of our Poolside podcast. And if you have any topic or guests you you would like to hear um, in the next uh, weeks, uh, do reach out to us and let us know. In case you've missed this entire live session, make sure to subscribe on Spotify, Apple, and Google podcast channels and listen to this one and many other insightful episodes. I will see you next week. Bye-bye. Thank you for inviting me. Bye. Bye.